Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel back home. This episode was recorded prior to the announcement of England-wide lockdown measures from the 5th of November. This means that the live final that we discussed during the show that would have taken place on the 7th of November at the Vauxhall Tavern now sadly can't happen. We're gutted about this, but stay tuned to our social media because we're hoping to bring you an online results show on the 14th of November. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I am Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is a podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites. And at our live event, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. Woo! Hello, Monty! Hello! How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm very good. I've got a sense of deja vu. I feel we've been here before. Really? Yeah. Recording this very episode. (laughs) Well, that's because we fucking are. (laughs) I have to take the blame for that. I don't know what happened in our last recording, but we were recording it remotely and... Well, let's just say my end didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) But we have roped in a little bit of extra help this time round. So, introducing, once again, from the Cherry team, Jodie! Hello! Hello! (laughs) Good evening, how are you? I'm so glad you didn't press your button properly, Bab. (laughs) It gives me a chance to... To be here. <laughs> to get a speaking part. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, you normally have me on mute. Don't you? <laughs> uh, it's fantastic to have you. Welcome to the show. Lovely to be again. here again. This is our, it's our wash-up episode. It's our roundup, the best of the rest. What are we going to do in this episode, Matt? Oh God, we've got quite a lot to get through, as always. Let's begin by talking about the vote, because we've got our online vote, which is open now. It's been open for a while. You guys can vote in the link that's in the show notes. And lots of you have already. We've had quite a few votes, so uh, keep them coming in. But that's, so link in the show notes and it's all there. And don't forget there is a YouTube playlist of all the songs and a Spotify playlist of them, which is on the website. I think you'll probably find it in the second to last post once this episode goes up. Something like that. Yeah, Yeah. you'll find it there. You can use your intuition. You're bright. (laughs) I managed to find it last night, actually, and I was a bit tipsy after having a boozy lunch. And I managed to find it, and it it worked for me in bed listening to our little selection. And I have to say I'm quite proud of it. There's obviously a few little songs that are a little bit controversial, and I think some of our um, regular um, listeners have been um, quite um, vociferous in some emails about certain countries. (laughs) I'll say no more on the matter, but if you don't agree with us, then you've got a chance to vote, haven't you? And put the songs that you agree with to the top well we do like a bit of friseur in the in the in the ranks so um no we like that we like that but talking of listeners we're just going to do a quick sort through my mailbag because it's a little bit bulging monty who has written in well we have an email from margaret who says hello from the big apple she says hi from another fruit 
The big apple. See fruit, cherry, fruit, cherry. Yeah. Also, fruits, as in. Well, I love. Fruity, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Margaret says in brackets, aka New York City. We know that, Margaret. We're very bright here, you know, as we've just proven. But thank you for writing. She says, I'm relatively new to the Eurovision fan club, with my first show being 2016. But I am happy that I was able to find your podcast this year. I was really disappointed to learn that the show would be cancelled. But finding your podcast podcast, finding your podcast, was a good thing of the summer. That is good. It's good. Oh, it's good, that is. <laughs> to quote a phrase. I found myself enjoying all the entries this year. and really wanted to see them on the big stage. <sighs> so did we, mm. Margaret. So did we. But your podcast brought to my attention some gems I missed. Brackets, except for David Axelrod's song. Close brackets. <laughs> As a newbie to the world of Eurovision, I only realised national finals exist last year. It was fun to both watch the performances, then listen to your commentary about the certain cherries on stage. Although I don't understand your fascination with Anna Bergendahl. I think I might end this there. <laughs> no, no, no. Margaret says, I thought that Vemis Amos by Anis Dom Demina was a much better song. We loved that actually as well. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't like a big boy in a purple velour tracksuit? <laughs> we did like that. But Anna Bergendahl was the choice. Um, as someone new to the Eurovision fandom, I'm wondering if you might be able to help. I've been looking for some podcasts, blogs, or other forms of media to follow. Got any recommendations? Best, Peggy. Well, Peggy Margaret as well. P.S. Feel free to read this on your show. We will. Uh, and I would love to hear and read your recommendations. Well, thank you for writing in, Peggy. Aww, uh, I've called Margaret all the way through, but, you know, we got there in the end. <laughs> Should have went to the end first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm confused, Margaret. Is your name Margaret or Peggy or Peggy Margaret? Well, Peggy's short for Margaret. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Isn't that lovely though that we forget because we've been, you know we've been in this business quite a long time, number of decades, um, and you forget that people are just discovering all things Eurovision, and you know for someone to have just discovered the whole national final season must be so exciting, really, when you think you know it's just one night in May, but it's not. It's no. you know from January onwards or December onwards, and it's so nice that enthusiasm you get. You know, when technology enables you to watch all the heats and the national finals around Europe. Fantastic. Mm, well, I know of us. Well, I know of us. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Do we have any recommendations by... Yes, I think we do. Um, I mean, there's a load of Eurovision podcasts now. One to mention particularly is the ESC Insight podcast that's been going... That was really the, the first podcast. You and Spence does that. A very good friend of ours here and all the guys over at... Uh, at ESC Insight. Really worth watching. They keep it going throughout the year as well and they also have specials like the Castaways special which Matt was recently a guest on and uh, in the run-up to Eurovision they do Jukebox Jury going through all of the selected songs and uh, announcing whether they are a hit, a miss or a maybe as well as daily podcasting once the Eurovision is going on and if you're into junior they'll be revving up for junior Eurovision in the coming weeks as well we wouldn't have this podcast now if it wasn't for ESC Insight because I wouldn't be involved in Eurovision the way that I am like as a quote unquote journalist um, if it wasn't for ESC Insight they got me into it Ewan got me into it so absolutely on board with that definitely check them out mm -hmm. yeah and also another podcast that we mentioned as a good thing of the week 
that is good as we've gone through is the Aussie Vision podcast, the uh, the team down there in Australia, giving a slightly different perspective from an Australian point of view. An upside down perspective <laughs> <laughs> from our point of view. <laughs> Definitely worth a listen. Yeah, we love them boys. Um, and uh, their knowledge is brilliant as well. I think they tend to commend us for our knowledge, but actually they they really do watch a lot of national finals. They're committed, really, really good guys there. And the whole team's not just the boys. Yeah. yeah. Also worth having a listen, particularly because you're in the United States, um, is 12 Points from America. It's uh, an American Eurovision podcast. Our very good friend Sam and her friends are doing that, so that's certainly worth a listen. And there's lots and lots of websites out there, um, fan websites, some with very, very niche um, takes on Eurovision. I guess, you know, we're a very niche take on Eurovision. But our very own Matt is one of the writers for ESC Extra, one of the news websites. Uh, another big website is Wee Wee Blogs. Uh, you've also got um, ESC Bubble, uh, Euro ESC Voir. Today, Eurovoir. And of course, the official website as well, which is Eurovision.tv. Plenty there to get your teeth into, and you will find links to other websites on many of them as well. So there's some of our recommendations that will keep you busy in the months between the end of our season and the beginning of the Eurovision 2021 season. Mm. So, Monty, we have to talk about our live show. Now, just give a little explanation to everyone listening. What's happening? What's happening with our live show? Well, we are hosting our live final on the 7th of November. It is a matinee performance because there are restrictions in the UK around closing time. So we're getting done nice and early as a matinee. The tickets are all sold out uh, for the event at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern. We're doing it in partnership with uh, Eurofest, who hosts the regular Eurovision nights there under normal circumstances but we're teaming up with them again to bring you the live final on the afternoon our tickets sold out so quickly do you know we sold out in less than 12 minutes which is amazing that's quicker than kate bush we are, <laughs> we are a bigger draw than kate bush coming back after 35 years <laughs> well i think it's just eurovision fans foaming at the mouth I mean, we're going to literally going to have, whether it's for Corona or not, they're going to have, we're going to have Eurovision fans walking through those doors foaming at the mouth. It's been so long. It has. Obviously, the RVT are doing a great job of keeping a venue going during the restrictions and they're following all of the current government guidelines. So we will be fully compliant with that. But we are looking forward to seeing those people who can make it. And we obviously know that, you know, we have listeners all around the world as our mailbag has shown us this week so we know that everybody can't make it and people who can't even travel uh, in the UK very easily so we'll miss a lot of you this year but we will see some of you and we will bring you a flavour of the live final when we do our final podcast of the season which will be after it well done guys it's the end of your season on the podcast isn't it and just want to say from my perspective well done you because you've kept it going all summer through lockdown and uh, yeah you've given people good entertainment I'm nervous now because it means I'm obviously one of the hosts of the live event and I didn't know if we'd have a live event but that means I've actually got to start learning the script <laughs> <laughs> well all the caveats apply I think it's maybe yes. wise to pop this in now things could change very very quickly so we do have a backup plan up our sleeves if we're not able to host a live event 
um, which I think will be Plan G or H or possibly oh, J or K. I know. You had to change our plans so many times. But yeah, fingers crossed, this is what's going ahead. We will bring you a live final in some way, shape or form. We will have a winner. We do have a plan for that. Should we need it? But let's hope we don't. There we go. So this week we have unpacked our suitcases after travelling around Europe, put our snazzy Bermuda shorts in the wash and put our passports safely away for the time being because we're home and we're catching up on the things that we've missed. So as you'll know, if you can count, which I'm sure all of you can, there are more national finals than there are cherries this year. Some national finals we just didn't think we had a good enough song from, but we do want to acknowledge them and just do a quick run through the best of the rest. So we're going to start with Poland. Matt, tell us about the Polish final. It was a bit of a weird one because I think it was like a Sunday afternoon um, sort of vibe. So it was a bit, it felt weird because I wasn't drunk or I was hungover. <laughs> so it was a weird one. But um, also just there was some weird stuff about what they did. So there were, they had obviously chosen the songs that they were going to perform, I think. But they kind of picked their song by sort of grabbing at some string that pulled down a little box. And in the box was the name of the song they were singing. It was a bit weird. But in terms of the performances, they're they're quite interesting. So the people we had, obviously the the, the winner of the national final was Alicia with Empires. That was the song that got the ticket to Rotterdam. But there was also Cassia and Albert. Now, Albert is from Lake Malawi. And so we knew about him. Let's just have a look at, let's have a listen to his song, Lucy. Now, now, personally, I like that song, but I actually preferred that song, but I liked Cassia the singer better because up till that final, she was a, miles ahead for me. She was the best singer in the competition. She was amazing. And then her song, Count On Me, was a bit meh. So it was a bit of a shame, really. So we didn't really think there was a song here would is warranted a cherry placement. Yeah, I preferred Albert from Late Malawi's song of the two that we had left to pick from. But I found the whole Polish final really strange this year. They had sort of a casting show to pick the singers from, I think a pool of 30, 10 per week for three weeks. And they all were given a song to sing. There were different themes. One week it was Beatles songs, I think. One week it was Eurovision songs. And I can't remember the next week. But you had certain artists advancing through I think was it maybe only one or was there a semi-final as well I can't remember but anyway you had artists advancing through on the basis of how they sang at kind of a classic or a standard song I don't like this format I think you are 
judging a singer without knowing what song they would take to the contest. And I don't like it when this selection is made in that way. You had various levels of singing ability and you also had various levels of ability in the English language, which I think most people were singing in. Yeah. And I'm not knocking anybody's ability to sing in English, but when you're singing something where it's clear you're singing phonetically what you think the sound is, rather than inhabiting the emotion of the words, it just doesn't work for me. So I think that people who were putting themselves forward, the artists, I don't think that they were judged fairly in this. It didn't give them a chance to shine as to who they are as people or with a song that they would have advanced to Eurovision with. Yeah, it felt very procedural. Yeah, I don't like when they choose an artist with different songs and then they go forward with, you know, choosing a song for that said artist. I just don't think it works. It overcomplicates it. I I don't think I watched Poland at the time, but I did have a little refresh today before I'm um, recording this. And it's this time of the season, I always think, oh, can we just stick another couple of extra cherries in and just, you know, swell the numbers? <laughs> but they're locked in, aren't they, boys? They're locked they in. Are so, indeed. yeah, Albert is quite easy on the eye and he's quite engaging. Um, the song was nice. I probably would have had him in in a lean year, but because we've already got our cherries selected, then he's an also round, bless him. Cool. So, on to Slovenia. Um, the winner of Slovenia was Anna Soklic with Voda. And your, oh, you love that. Oh, actually, I think it was in my top three of the whole year. Slovenia, wow. Voda. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know me and my ballads. I love my emotional ballads. I've got goosebumps just thinking about it. It was a beautiful song. Some would say probably a little bit boring. I don't know how Slovenia would have done this year. Yeah. yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> Borderline qualifier. Yeah, uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It, it was a very well sung song. And I think probably the best of the national final. But looking at what was left, do you know, I couldn't really pick anything out of it. The only bit where it got mildly interesting for me in terms of the songs was Tinkerer Kovac, um, who's been in Eurovision before. I always think her name sounds rude. Oh, Tinkerer Kovac. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) But she had a very ordinary ballad this year so you know just the fact that she was a returning artist kind of piques your your interest there was nothing really that stood out for me but the highlight of the show was actually the presenter Clemens Slakonia Clemens Slakonia Clemens Slakonia Slakonia sorry Clemens if you're ever listening yeah, if you haven't actually seen that, do do, do a, a search on YouTube for um, Emma um, Interval Act. Uh, it's amazing. He's, he plays all of the Slovenian entrants. Of which there are 25, women, or is it 25 years Slovenia have been in with a few oh, gaps? We don't know. Somebody, One of our listeners will know the answer to that. Yeah, but. It's more because they were first in, in 1993, I think. Oh, so it, yeah. so it is 25 entries. 25 entries, entries yeah. But it was great into that. And also at the start as well, there was a sort of a set piece where he was pretending to be Duncan Lawrence playing the piano and the light fell down and the piano fell apart. And people on lab go, oh my God, it's like everything's gone wrong. And it's like, no, that's actually a joke. That's been set up like that. But that was the best moment. And when when the interval act is the best moment of the whole show, you know you've got a pretty doff set of songs. So. Yeah, you're not going to find a cherry, are you, from, from a selection like that? No. Um, but it was it's definitely worth uh, checking out. Amazing. I am. But I'm not sure. I think we might have Anna's back next year. 
No, I think they might have a national final. I don't know if they've announced that, but they've they've called out for songs to be submitted for her. So how they present that, I'm not I'm not sure. Oh, okay. But so they could make an internal selection from them or present a selection of them to the public to vote. Yeah. So we'll wait and see on that. We're going to get a lot of that next year, aren't we, with returning artists, and then obviously mm. it's going to be a song selection, yeah. not, not, a, not an artist and song selection. There's going to be a lot of internal selections, I think, because of the artists that are carrying forward. We have to hope that we get a decent amount of national finals. Otherwise, we might be doing a second cherry of three songs <laughs> next year. <laughs> no, I've done the count. We're good. We're good. All right. We're, we're, we're borderline. All right. But of course, um, some countries will run their national finals anyway, even if the Eurovision artist is already chosen, because it's part of their TV calendar. It's part of their culture, it's part of their history. You yeah, know? absolutely. So the next country we want to talk about is Estonia. Now, this for me was, again, another one that was a little bit disappointing. There were some returning artists, weren't there, Monty? What people? We've got Laura from Laura Verona. Flame. from Verona, Koitsturmin. But actually, when the Estonian songs were announced, I remember that rather than there being any buzz about them, the only buzz was about how bad they were. Mm. It was a really poor selection, I think, generally, that people felt this year. The Estilao has really sort of set the bar in a way. It's been a really good driver of good contemporary acts coming into the Estonian national final. And yes, they had those this year, but the song quality was terrible. There wasn't a single song that I remember there being any kind of a buzz about. And even the winner... Ukusurista with What Love Is. I couldn't sing that for you now. No. If, I mean, I couldn't sing it for you anyway, because <laughs> I can't sing. But, you know, I can't remember how it goes if you ask me. It hasn't stuck in my I mind. I never forget the feeling. I never forget the... Here are my biceps to show you. It's... Yeah, I mean, he's gorgeous, but the song was so dull, wasn't it? Bless him. I wish that we had more than, more than the medium of just audio for you to have enjoyed that performance from Jenny because it was delivered with some gusto <laughs> yeah he was a very handsome man wasn't he Uku um, that was Finnish <laughs> it's good Uku, it's the same isn't it <laughs> the same but not no yeah I mean even him because he's been he's been in the national final in East Ilal before and we've obviously he's piqued our interest before but yeah but he, he got the ticket with a you know, a disappointing song. So the whole thing with Estonia this year was disappointment, wasn't it? So let's see what they bring next year. Yeah, a bit of a lack of flavour there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next country I want to talk about is Latvia, who had Supernova again mm-hmm. this year. And it was won by, obviously, Samantha Tina with the song Still Breathing. You met Samantha Tina, didn't you, when you were in Lithuania? Mm, yeah, of course, because it's just over the there? border. Yeah, well, well... Uh, <laughs> Let's have a little listen to when I asked her about the interpretation of the song, she put me in my place. Listen to this. The song itself, obviously, it's about female empowerment. But tell us, in, what's your interpretation of the song? What is the message? Uh, there's only one interpretation. Yeah, it's about female power. It's not about the feminism at all. Because we women are really strong, we should be strong, we must be good mothers, great wives, good looking, smart, stay on the diet, but where is the happiness? Where is that happiness? All the time those stereotypes, what we should do, what, 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 what kind of we should be, what we should wear, what we should eat. The main point is to be happy and it's never mind 
how fat we are, how thin we are, what color of skin we have, and what we are eating or what we are not eating, what kind of social, social status we have. We are women. We must be happy and proud of that because all the things we are doing, we, are, we, we can do it and we are still breathing and we are happy about that. You know what? I absolutely love her. She was, what you won't know from the audio, obviously, is that she was in head to toe, dressed full, you know, stage gear. And as I was interviewing her, standing behind her, not flinching one inch, staring directly into my eyes were her three backup dancers slash singers, dressed in their, like, their visors and leotards. And they literally just stood there with hands on hips, like stance, staring at me. Like they were completely in character the whole time it was weird but weirdly titillating i was like this is a great interview i love it it's it brilliant but those three backing dancers and singers i mean you couldn't get more 2020 than them with their visors and their little squirty disinfectants yeah. that was <laughs> way before the coronavirus was even a thing so absolutely she was ahead of her time yeah, yeah yeah i was a bit um, wary when they stay in character even for interviews and even you know, for the whole thing a bit like um Iceland a couple of years back they they were just in in character the whole time I was a little bit I don't know how to take that really but I suppose it's a it's an act it's a character it's good but yeah, yeah well done that was a nice interview with her she seems really fierce is she back next year she's she a returning is. artist she is I don't know how they're going to pick a song but she's she's their entry next year good sure. and obviously yeah. she's going to have something equally as bonkers Ooh. I would imagine let's hope yeah but Jody, you had uh, a song that you picked up on from, from Supernova. I did. Well, um, maybe more about the artist, actually. There's a lovely um, looking lad um, in the Supernova <laughs> called Edgar's... Oh, and his surname's just escaped me. Kralis. Kralis. Edgar's Kralis, yeah. Who's actually appeared on the Lithuanian Voice and also on X Factor, I think, in Latvia. He's a beauty. And the song actually was okay. I would have probably had him in Cherry, but maybe vocally just a little bit flimsy and musically the song didn't really go where you might want it to and, yeah you know Tridomite which is a weird title because you know yeah I how... thought it was like a poor relation of Dynamite Tridomite the cheap version mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you need to be some dy- I mean how many national final songs this year were about a high temperature form of quartz found in a thin hexagonal crystals in rocks and stony meteorites I mean, not oh, many. Oh, well, you'd have good pillow talk, wouldn't you, if you're, <laughs> if you're a chemist <laughs> or a geologist? <laughs> but yeah, check it out if you haven't seen that. He's actually very easy on the eye, and uh, maybe he'll come back next year. A couple of others to pick out from Latvia for me as well. The first was um, a song called Polyester by Anna with three N's. And this was a song where she's singing about, you know, needing to refresh her wardrobe with jeans and t shirts, and, uh, and in the on the performance, she had like a sort of a little clothes rail with a, a few t-shirts hanging there. Um, you know, like a sort of little boutique, just the one rail, um, everything there, everything in tiny sizes. And at one point she was sort of, you know, rolling around in a bed of t-shirts. But I thought there might be something more to the lyrics. I thought it might be kind of some social commentary on, you know, exploited labor in countries where um, cheap garments are made to oh. to you know to fuel the high street and drive down prices. Prime up um, the musical. Prime <laughs> the musical. But the, it's not. It's just literally she talk about how she needs to refresh her wardrobe. She's a shopaholic. Oh. She just can't shop in, stop shopping for clothes. 
a missed opportunity for me with that. I always go cotton, though, not polyester, but I suppose polyester's three syllables, it fits the song better. Well, actually, all the garments she was singing about were cotton as well, <laughs> I think. So. I'm sorry, it just bangs on my last nerve when people change their names. Anna with three N's, I mean, Christ almighty. It's like Her- Hervey in Strictly, isn't it? No vowels, Hervey. Although, actually, I quite like him, but that's I digress. I digress. You do digress. <laughs> the other song I think just worth a mention as well was um, by Katrina DeMonta Heartbeat. And Katrina DeMonta was one of the acts, or one of the artists on stage with Cake to Bake um, a few years ago. I can't remember the name of the group, but I'm certainly not going to look it up. With that annoying Raggle Head bloke that really bleated over that awful song. <laughs> but Katrina was quite fun. She was at the London Eurovision party and we sat and we, we had some drinks with her after the show and she was really, really good fun. Much more engaging than he was because I was hired as the stagehand or roped in as the stagehand that year and I'm not a stagehand. So when he came to go on and he was opening the show, I didn't have a clue where his guitar lead was. So he wasn't best pleased with me, I have to say. Not one of my highest <laughs> moments at um, the London Eurovision party, but she, she was she was a she was good crack. So there's some more national finals and artists we want to talk about. And these were not strictly qualified for Cherry this year. So let's start off with the Czech Republic. Now, Monty, you like the Czech Republic song this year, don't you? Oh, I loved it. I loved Benny Cristo. I loved the song. Uh, once he got to the mix that he finally settled on, <laughs> <laughs> he went through a few different versions of it. I loved it, and I love that he's coming back. I just found it was so fresh and so um, contemporary, and I would have loved to have seen what he did on stage. Lots of people were saying they didn't get it, but then when he performed as a guest in the Ukrainian semi-final, he had a really good response online from European fans, and I think at that point people were like, hang on a minute, there could be something going on here. I think he would have brought something great to the stage. The reason that we can't have the Czech Republic in Cherry, though, is because it was judged on music videos and we always need a live performance from a national final to be able to put into the live show. So because of that, we couldn't pick any of the songs, which is a shame really, because actually there were some really good songs. I think the Czech Republic has really upped its game mm. um, in recent years. They now see this as a bit of a showcase for emerging talent. And we've had some really interesting entries. There was some good stuff in, some good contemporary stuff this year. There was a, a song called White and Black Holes by Barbara, uh, which is quite ethereal, female vocal song. Had it uh, very reminiscent of Lana Del Rey mm. for me as well. And a good up-tempo pop song called um, Wanna Be Like, as well as a fantastically named band called We All Poop, with a song called All the Blood, brackets positive song, actually. A little grungy number, <laughs> but what a brilliant band they eh? <laughs> Absolutely. My, my favourite was um, At Least We've Tried by Corel. It was a very, very simple song, piano song. Uh, but yeah, I really like that. But yeah, and also Pam Rabbit. Um, we met her, some of the ESC Extra people, when we were over in the press centre in 2019 in Tel Aviv, met Pam Rabbit. And she said, oh, I'm going to try and go for your original. I'm a singer. And we're like, oh, cool. Yeah, go on, mate. You know, good to see her. So no, she, yeah, she really, really wants to try and go to your original. So maybe we'll see her again. Maybe we will. So the Czech um, final, was it voting on videos then? But it was a televote still. It was a, yeah, I think it was an online vote. It was on the, it was, it was the Eurovision app. 
Oh, that's right. They get, yes. they, they've got a time with the actual yeah. version app, which yeah. is interesting. Oh. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, you're right there what you're saying about the Czech Republic. They they have upped their game recently. They've had some interesting mm. entries and some, yeah, you never know. They might be one to watch. Well, they are one to watch. Indeed. Mm. Oh, how nice would it be to go to Prague for Eurovision <gasps> or yes, Second yeah. City Brno? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The next um, national final-ish that we want to mention was San Marino's. Now, they only had two songs, Freaky, which got selected um, but, uh, by Sunit, and Obsessed, also by Sunit. Both songs were by her. Now, they trailed that they were going to do something quite groundbreaking for their national final, which turned out to be asking people to vote online for their favourite song. <laughs> it wasn't particularly groundbreaking, really, but... Freaky won by 52 to 48. That vote sounds familiar, <laughs> doesn't it? Somewhere <laughs> in the UK. Don't mention that. My blood pressure will never re- recover. It's interesting that it was so close because actually Sunita trailed some images which ended up in the video for Freaky and Obsessed has never had a video yet. So whether she'd made the video for the one song that she clearly favourited or whether those images would have end up, ended up in a video for Freaky, I don't know. But it seemed as though it was a foregone conclusion to me. Mm, maybe, but Obsessed, let's have a little listen to that. We'll play that. Here's Obsessed. You got me addicted. Save me, baby. Help me get my mind off you. I'm such a mess. I'm so obsessed. So yeah, obsessed by Senate. I, I I think she's she's game, isn't she? She she would have been really great fun last year, and she will be next year if we get to interview her. Mm. Wow. Absolutely. I didn't really like her first Eurovision song, and I didn't really rate her, and I wasn't that excited no. about her coming back. But what she's done since, I mean, we had her as a good thing of the week in one of the episodes because of the the batshit crazy videos she's doing the cover versions um, as she builds up to Rotterdam next year mm. I mean just off the scale well she, she she puts money behind it I think it's her money or you know most of it's her money because they did these um, like this street advertising where they sprayed stuff in Rotterdam our friend told us this over in Rotterdam and they still went ahead with it, even though, you know, that coronavirus killed Eurovision this year. Like, they still went ahead and my friend was walking and took a picture and was like, look, they've still put, like, freaky advertising on, like, spray-painted on the streets of Rotterdam. Wow. It's crazy. Like, yeah, I, I'm, what's she going to bring, actually? I hope she brings a better song, to be honest, because I'll be honest, I don't like freaky at all. It was in my bottom two or three, yeah. really, of the year, I have to admit. I can't get into it at all. But the stuff she's done since... Um, I, uh, which we've talked about before uh, interesting she's she's quirky she's oh good. absolutely I think yeah so she's back next year as well good um, not a national final of such but the selection of the Maltese artist Destiny was done through the X Factor Malta the first X Factor show that was there um, I there were four people in that competition I I mean, I don't want to do the other thing as a disservice. I didn't watch it because it was only selecting the artists, but really it 
it was such a foregone conclusion that you kind of feel those other competitors were paid just to be there. Yeah. You know, make the numbers up, bless mm-hmm. them. Um, because everybody knew that Destiny was going to win. It was her destiny, mm. you might say. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but the, the other artists were really, were quite good. I did, I did watch a, a little bit of this. Just as a very crude summary, there was a group called Faith, and they were like Little Mix. There was a guy called Kyle, who was a bit like George Ezra, sort of thing. And then Justine, who's a bit more like Ella Eyre, kind of like a huskiness. Um, but you're right, this was Destinies to Lose. Mm-hmm. And she is coming back next year. I was about to say that. Yeah, the Maltese must is. be a bit disappointed because that was a really good song, a really good contemporary belter. I think they would have had a very good result in Rotterdam. I that. think so. If anything, it was maybe a little old for her. You know, she's still a very young woman and her voice and her performance ability has matured beyond her years. But I just wondered if they might have given her a slightly younger person song, a slightly more fun song. I don't know. I mean, it was a cracking song and I think it would have done really, really well. But, um, you know, she's got another year under her belt, another year's experience. You know, they've taken her to Eurovision. She's been a backing singer. She's won Junior Eurovision. So she's got a lot of performance experience under her. And I think that this is an artist that we might see multiple times. I agree. At Eurovision, I agree. And even a potential future Eurovision winner. Yeah, I agree as well. Right we know the Maltese her. know what they're doing with staging and buying in good songs or, or producing good songs. Yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before we see her yeah. doing very well mm-hmm. at Eurovision. Here's hoping. So the next country is Georgia, and it was won by Tonika Kipiani. Now, this was a pop idol show, so like X Factor, is why we can't include it. But um, So there were Tamar, Mariam and Barbara, the other acts in the final, but Tonika won it. Um, just to point out though, uh, I don't know what you guys think about this song, but there's um, there's a performance of Gethsemane, which is, I think I've said to it on the podcast before, where it's the male vocal song, but it tests your metal. If you're an exceptional male singer, you can sing this song. And uh, he does it. And even though he kind of, kind of does it, he does it into his phone. It's almost like he's reading the lyrics into his phone. He doesn't really look up. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can see this performance. It's nuts. He sings it quite well, but he's singing the whole performance into his phone. Oh, I have to have a look at that because I've not seen it. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I the song wasn't great, but I think it would have found its fans because it was the only song of its genre in this year. And if that's the kind of thing you like, that's the kind of thing you're going to vote for. Mm. And you can't write Georgia off. I mean, they had that bloody dirge of a indie song the other year that the UK gave 12 points to from the jury. I'm and still convinced they mixed com. up the rankings that year. I'm, was... I'm convinced to this day they mixed up the rankings <laughs> that year, you know, because that was just one of those... What? I think they were just drunk on the free BBC Maybe, news. yeah. It was like, it was Richard Osman, wasn't it, from Pointless, who delivered the, the vote. Yes. like, Georgia? What? It was like there was a collective gasp around the continent, wasn't it? But I don't know, but that staging was incredible. That lifted that performance. I wasn't that surprised. But I mean, 12 points. Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah. I was surprised. The UK jury trying to be cool there. <laughs> anyway, there you go. That's a roundup of all of the the remaining countries who had national finals, plus those that had artist selections and other shit going on. And then that's it. We literally have no more countries to discuss. We have done the 2020 season. 
So, what's left to do, Matt? Well, Monty, it's this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. Yes, of course, this is our segment that is all about positivity. We want to spread our love across the world. Uh, Because, quite frankly, it's been a shit year of shit and lots of shit. So, the positive thing that we want to talk about this week is what, Monty? It's our very own Suri and her new Patreon page, which we were very pleasantly surprised to discover. Mm. But what we'll do is, let's just, let's let her tell you in her own words what she's up to. Hello, lovely human. Thank you for finding me here on Patreon. This is a platform where you can choose to support creatives you like in return for exclusive creativity and connection through this channel. My name is Suri and I create musical storytelling things currently from my Shedio, which is my Shed studio. I'd love this to be a community that shares a love of art that's free from corporate sponsorship, branding and adverts. Your support here is truly invaluable in making that a reality and I'm incredibly grateful. It is tricky to make art freely with the distracting worries of how to sell it and earn a living from it. But this way, this platform enables a level of freedom that could be creatively life-changing. I want to write a new album, I need to finish my book, I'd love to write a musical and just continue to be inspired by all the weird, wonderful, ridiculous things life brings. You'll find different levels or tiers of support and subsequent rewards, including handwritten postcards, live streams, one-to-one sessions and more. So have a look and see what feels right for you. And please know, of course, you can stop your Surrey subscription service at any time. I'm really looking forward to creating for and with you and sharing the music, the songs, the stories, the shedications and more that I have in store. Thanks for being you, thanks for being here, and thanks for listening. So there we go. Suri, go and support her. Um, I do love Suri. She's Mm. always good value. I absolutely adore her. She's always so positive. And just, I mean, if anyone's studying English, just study her accent. The way she speaks is so clear. My God, I just absolutely adore her. The way she engages with Eurovision fans specifically, she knows she's part of a community. She knows that... Uh, that she, her fan base has risen because of Eurovision and she's embracing that's what I love about it she yeah. really really cares about the Eurovision spans especially yeah she does yeah Patreon that's a funny thing I never heard of that well done for spotting that you two Patreon I thought that was a tequila oh that's Patron <laughs> <laughs> anyway is pa- 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 Patreon like a sort of like only fans but for, for musicians yes kind of yeah, yeah. Less, yeah. Le- less boobs than willies yeah funny how I've heard of only fans but I haven't heard of Patreon <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Are you checking out Mihai Tristerio from Romania? I've, I've, been, I've, I've, I've checked out many of the Balkans, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> anyway, anyway, can I just say though, sorry, what a delight. I got to interview her for the Oge UK Eurobash and she just made it so easy because you dropped her a question and she went off on a fantastic little story and was so entertaining and it was an absolute joy to interview her it really was to do 
head over to the Patreon page and, and give her a little bit of support if you can. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, Matt, this is the point in the show where we would normally reveal this week's cherry. But we don't have a song this week. No. But I know what we can reveal instead. What's that? We can reveal the three people who have won second cherry mugs. Item of the year, item of the year. It's a commodity. (laughs) Absolutely. We said that we would award some mugs to people who'd written in and amused us. And so we've picked three people that we're giving mugs to. Who's the first one going to? First person is Maxi Max. Yay! Who, who wrote in early on. I can't remember what he was in response to. I think it was probably Ukraine. As I they think all it was went. just after a mug. I think his email was told, give me a give mug! Give me a mug, yeah. <laughs> so we did. <laughs> so thanks, Max. You're getting a mug. When you are indeed, we'll send it yeah. to you when we maybe see you in person. We might see I don't you know. for the live final. But otherwise, if not, send us in your address. Uh, next mug is going to... Probably our biggest supporter in Bob. Yay! Bob, thank you very much for your many emails, actually, but also your social media posts, because you actually pimp us out really well. So we're kind of quite, you know, happy about that. And we wouldn't have got our mention by the enemy reporter and the podcast that we showed you on our social media, if you follow us, that we were uh, featured on. Um, if it wasn't for you shouting about us on Twitter and on the socials. So thank you, mate. Absolutely. You, you and I'll mention on not just any old podcast, the BBC Sounds podcast about podcasts. Yeah, that's right. We got a little mention on there. I think it was one of the episodes where we were being critical of the BBC. So I'm guessing that they maybe didn't listen to it. No, <laughs> and we were quite drunk those early episodes. I want to speak for yourself. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> anyway, who is the third mug going to? Third mug is going to David. Yay. Um, David, you've emailed in a few times as well. Uh, we've met in person. And um, yeah, you're another one who said that you've just cottoned on to the whole national final thing. And you're like big into it now. And that's really nice to hear. So thank you. So Max, Bob and David, thank you very much for supporting us. And mugs are coming your way. Do let us know your address. How can people contact us? Just like Max, Bob and David have. Well, on Twitter, we are at Second Cherry. Instagram is second underscore cherry. We're on Facebook as well. Second Cherry Podcast. And you can also email us like everyone does. And that is... Hello! At secondcherry.vision. That's... Hello! At secondcherry.vision. Dot vision, not dot com. Dot com is for losers. Thank you very much. So there you go. Do let us know. We've only got one episode left, so there isn't much time for us to read out anything that we get between now and then. But if you want to be in with a chance of being read out on the show, do let us know before the next episode, which will be out just after the live final. Thank you, Jodie, for coming along. Thank you for having me, my goodness. So, Saturday, the live show's getting ever closer. <gasps> mm. Crikey. A bit nervous now. Let's oh, just hope we can do grand. it in a live venue. Oh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see yeah. how it goes. You know, it, you know, it's been a good season, I think. You know, we're almost there. We're like, can see the, 
light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Fair play to you two, though. I mean, there's a lot of work goes into these uh, weekly shows, um, as I have seen briefly during the year. So, yeah, well done, you two. So, from everyone, I just want to say round of applause for you two. Oh, Thank you very much. It's been lovely to have you with us. And we'll be back with you after the final. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.